0: This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the podcast for Encounter Community Church. My name is Ken Ballard Jr., I'm the pastor here at the church, and I'm again excited to have you with us, whether you're listening in the car whether you're listening on the treadmill while you're walking, or maybe your kids are asleep and you're listening there because you're looking for something that's relaxing. (laughs) So you're listening to the podcast. Well, I guess it's not relaxing now once you heard that laugh. But again, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out to be a part of this podcast. And just a reminder that if you are listening from the Encounter Community Church website, You can actually find our podcast on Spotify as well as wherever else you can subscribe and get podcasts from. But I just know that everybody, or I won't say everyone, I guess that's a generalization, but a lot of people utilize the Spotify app to listen to music. So it's just an easier way you can listen to us and then listen to your favorite music or whatever it might be. But it's just a great way for you to be able to stay connected. So when we post anything new, It automatically adds it to the podcast, and then you're notified that way. So it's just a great way to, again, remain connected to us and what it is that we're talking about and just being able to be connected here. Well, I I just have to tell you that I've been on a journey, and in this journey, here's here's what I've been been doing is, I don't know, I, I would say probably for the last maybe six months or so, I've been on this journey of trying to just take in as much information as I can about Black history. And I think it's been motivated even more so because of what's happening with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. And it's, it's just, I guess, a, a awakened a desire in me to learn more about myself, about my people, about my culture, about our contributions. And I've learned some really, really neat things. Like I learned about... Garrett Morgan, he's an African-American inventor that was born in 1877, and he lived up until 1963. But here's the thing that's really interesting about him. He improved the quality of the sewing machine. He invented the traffic signal. So that's right, if you are stopped at a traffic signal right now and you're looking up at it, that actually was invented by a black man. Very interesting, something I didn't know. He also invented a hair straightening product as well as what's really cool is a respiratory device that would later serve as a blueprint for how they design world war one gas masks. So he invented that. It's kind of it's kind of cool to find out things like that. Or another thing that I learned about was a guy named Eugene Bullard. He was actually born here in America in the South, left the South at a very young age and moved to France because of just some of the racial tensions here in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, he figured it was just safer to go to France. They heard that there was a lot more freedom there for people that are black. So he moved there just to kind of check it out and see and kind of grew in prominence there, built a business there. And actually when World War One broke out, he became a pilot. So he's actually the first ever Black fighter pilot, which was kind of cool, and to learn you know more of his story, and later on because he was able to learn German, because of just some of his life experiences, he actually became a he he owned a club. German officers during World War II would come into his club and just start talking, not realizing that he actually spoke German. So he was approached by the French. He actually became a spy for the French. And so he would hear conversations in German and then go back and report what it was that he had heard. And it's so really interesting. And so he actually knew, if I remember correctly, he actually knew that they were going to invade Poland before they actually did it. He, he found out about it. It was in the plans. And he actually communicated that to his leaders. And unfortunately, they didn't listen to him. But he knew about it. So some, you know, something that's really interesting. I also learned about a guy named Lieutenant Colonel Harry T. Stewart, which is kind of cool. He was also an African-American fighter pilot. He was part of the Tuskegee Airmen, which was a group of pilots that were trained in Tuskegee, Alabama, Uh, and so they learned how to be pilots there, went over to to Europe, joined the campaign there, was a part of a flying group called the, the Red Tails, and his airborne detachment, pretty amazing just became known for just their quality of flight. And, and so they were able to prove a lot of the detractors wrong who thought that African Americans, A, was not, they were not smart enough to be able to fly a plane. They were also not brave enough to fight in battle. Matter of fact, they became so vital that there were certain bomber groups that would not fly unless the Red Tails flew with them because they knew the Red Tails would not abandon them. I mean, that's just so, it's just so really neat. And what's also great about him is, in one day, he was responsible for the downing of three German fighter planes in one campaign. <laughs> so, really, really cool. And, and you, you hear elements about that, and, and, and yet, in the midst of that, we also know of the racial tensions of that time. You know, when Harry came back from from World War II, he actually went to TWA and Pan Am. Here's a guy who flew in battle. Here's a guy that downed three German planes. He was a fighter pilot, he was an ace. And as a kid, he'd always dream of wanting to fly a plane. He wanted to, to fly commercial airliners. So he actually went to TWA, he went to Pan Am, and he applied, and they turned him down. And it was only because of one thing, It wasn't because of his qualifications, because he's very qualified. He was turned down because of the color of his skin. I mean, it's very interesting when you look at elements and challenges like that about things that were going on. And, you know, you you go and you fight and battle, and then you come back and your skills are not recognized. Your battle is not recognized. You come back and you're having to drink out of a different water fountain than everyone else. So it was. It's, it's very interesting to hear their story. And what's really neat about it is, is so far in the stories that I've read like that is the people's response is not bitterness. Although they have every right to be bitter, it's, it's not bitterness. They chose to rise above that, which is really neat. Now, it did spur them on. For, for many people that I've, I've been hearing their stories, it, it did spur them on to want to fight against racism, to fight against bigotry, to fight against a system, to, to be able to bring about change. It, it it did motivate them to do that. And and so I, I look at those things and I and I just want to encourage you, you know, just just pick a moment to kind of dig in, because there's a lot of black history that you may have not had the opportunity to learn about just because it's not really taught in the schools. As a matter of fact, Eugene Bullard went over he actually downed you know, German planes as well, and here in America, there was nothing written about him in newspapers except for black newspapers in their communities, they wrote about him. But other than that, no one really knew who he was, because the idea of just some of the biases toward blacks and if they could really fly a plane, and here's a guy that's proven that he could. So it's really interesting in that way. And I say all that really to, to say this, that, you know, this, we're in the middle of a series called Seven, and in this series, we're looking at seven words that really could change your life, where we're doing a deep dive into some words and, and, and their meaning. What got me thinking about today is the word that we talked about last Sunday. And, and that word really has been, I guess, brought to light with just some of the racial tensions that are happening right now. You know, the the three famous words by George Floyd were what? I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The Hebrew word that we talked about this week was ruach. And the interesting thing about that is it can be translated as breath, it can be translated as wind, it can be translated as spirit, And we'll get into that a little bit more, but it it was this idea of just being able to breathe and looking at how God really is a source of life. And so when I think about those three words, I can't breathe, and specifically they're applied to Him, but when they're applied to any person, when, when anyone is in a situation where someone is denying you the ability to be able to simply breathe—it's also a denial in a sense of a right to life. It's—it's a denial. its a disrespect of a right to life. It's—it's a disregard for the right to fairness. It's a—it's a degradation of the human being. So as we look at all of that, I mean, the implications behind. Removing someone's ability to be able to breathe is, is huge. Also, it, it's fresh in our minds because of the coronavirus, right? The, the challenge with the coronavirus is that it attacks our cardiovascular system, more, more our pulmonary system, so that we will not be able to breathe. And, and one of the things that I said on Sunday is, breathing is just one of those things. You kind of just take it for granted. The truth is, you don't have to think about breathing. And we don't think about breathing until we're in a situation where we can't breathe. Have you noticed that? And because we don't think about it, it also is very, very easy for us to take for granted. It's very easy for us to take it for granted. And and one of the things that I said on Sunday is that if we could take breathing for granted, then we can also take the author breathing for granted as well. Whenever you read through the scriptures, there is a statement. It says the Spirit of God, for example, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it says the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And whenever you see Spirit of God, That is Ruach Elohim, Ruach Elohim. So that really is translated literally as the Spirit of God. And one of the beauties of that is Ruach Elohim is connected with our creation. It's connected with who we were made. And and whether you believe in creation or not, as you're listening to this, there, there are still all the implications that come along with The ability to be able to just. There's so many implications that come along with that. And I think when we come back to George Floyd, I think that that's why so many people are upset. Because of the fact that the denial of his ability to be able to breathe. What it really and truly communicated. But here's the beauty of that if it truly communicates something by not being allowed to be able to breathe, then what does it communicate when the author of life gives us breath? What does that say about his perspective about us? What does it say about his value of us? Again, one of the things I talked about on Sunday as well is how what God did is when he created the system that we need in order to breathe, he actually created everything that we would need first for us to be able to breathe. So for example, you know, he talks about when you read the creation account, you see the, you know, creating the stars and the moon and the sun, he creates that. We see the, the land being created and the separation of land so and, and the waters. We see all of those elements. But then we see that one day God creates the plants. Why are plants so important? Because plants, they give us oxygen, right? But also plants process the carbon dioxide that we release from our bodies. Right after he creates plants, he creates animals. So now, especially for land-based animals, you have them breathing out carbon dioxide. The plants are taking that, they're converting that to oxygen So this whole cycle of breathing is already started before mankind is even created. So what does that say about breathing? It says this, that God knows what you need before you even know that you need it. Let me say that again. God knows what you need even before you know that you need it. And and then what happens is it says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Became a living person. And and I love that because what's really interesting is it doesn't say he became a living thing, right? A living person. So now what, what goes along with that? We see that in giving breath, God also gives us identity because as a person, I have an identity. I have, there's something about me. There's something that creates me. There's something that makes me, me, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my experiences. All of that comes together to create me. My potential comes together to create me, all of that. So all of a sudden now I have an image. Not only that, by creating me as a person now, he also creates me with value. Your ability to breathe communicates the fact that you have value. So you may be someone who's listening to this right now, and you question the value that you have in your life. You question who you are. You question your purpose. You question your significance. You question the very meaning of your life. You question, question, question. But the fact that God breathed life in you and created you, that you are a person, that you have meaning, that you have value, that you are, you have identity. And that's the beauty of that because, again, it it talks about in, in Genesis that we were made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. So when you begin to think about all the implications there, now that's huge. So not only does he create me with value, not only does he create me with identity, by now creating me in his image, I, unlike any other animal, no other animal was made in the image of God. Only human beings were made in his image. Now why is that so significant? Because now that means that there is a uniqueness. He says, we we're made in his image, male and female, he created them. By being made in his image, now what that says about us is that there is a level of intimacy that we can enjoy with God that no other created being or thing can experience. Trees cannot experience this kind of intimacy with God. Animals cannot experience this kind of intimacy with God. Only human beings, because we are the only ones uniquely made in his image. And so when God breathed breath into you, think about that. So this is why the implications of those three words, I can't breathe, are so so grand. So so large. And it doesn't matter what perspective that you come from. The perspective of Black Lives Matter or the perspective of All Lives Matter. It it doesn't matter the perspective that you come from. I I think both would agree that having these elements are key to who we are. They're key to our existence. They're, They're key to our value. And that every person has a right to breathe. Every single person has a right to be able to breathe. And that breath, that ruach, that breath was given us by ruach Elohim, the spirit of God. It was given to us by him. So again, we have the opportunity to be able to enjoy that. So let's make the commitment again to not take that for granted. Do not take your breathing for granted, because every breath confirms that you are a person. Every breath confirms you have value. Every breath confirms you have meaning. Every breath confirms you have significance. And most importantly, every breath confirms that you have purpose. And so as long as you're living and breathing, what are you gonna do with the purpose that God has given you, and you may be asking, "Well, can well, I, I, I? I don't know. I, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my purpose is." So here's here's several ways that you can begin to discover it. Here's one: Have you ever volunteered your time? And what you gave your time to gave you so much refreshment. Maybe you volunteered to help with the homeless. Maybe you volunteered to work with kids. Maybe you volunteered to help at an animal shelter. Maybe there's something that you volunteered to do that really brought you satisfaction. It really brought you fulfillment. It really brought you meaning. And if you have volunteered and you haven't gotten that yet, then keep volunteering, keep trying different things. Because what you may do is you may find something that you become passionate about. And many times that thing that you're passionate about is directly connected to your purpose. It's directly connected to your purpose. And another way that you can find out your purpose is think about the things that bother you. I mean, think about the things that really, truly get under your skin and they get under your skin in such a way that there's this feeling that you get like someone has to do something about this. And maybe you haven't volunteered, but, but there's something that hit you that way maybe again for a lot of people it's because of seeing what's going on with just some of the aspects of racial equality seeing the inequality and feeling like you know what I need to step in and I need to do something about this no matter what my background no matter what my culture no matter what my experience I need to step in and do something about this because I can't stand to see people treated in such a way where there is inequality or maybe what you do is, is you see a homeless person and it grabs your heart. Like you look and you say, something has to be done about the homelessness in our community. Something has to be done. And you feel really passionate about that. Maybe you see a, a, an animal walking down the street and you think, man, or, or maybe you see the commercials, the animal commercials, and there's something that stirs in your heart that says something has to be done about any injustice that is committed against an animal I have to do something about this see what I'm I'm saying is those things that move you those things that push you those things maybe you look at the educational system and you look at what can we do to be able to make sure that kids graduate to make sure the kids have the best experience, to make sure the kids have the tools that they need to have in order for them to be successful in life. What can we do to make sure that we create the best environment in our schools to make that happen? If that is something that you're passionate about, all of those things, all of those things that you may be passionate about could reveal your purpose, could reveal your purpose. That's what Jesus was passionate about. Jesus was passionate about the state of our souls. So he came on this earth. He he died and he rose again. He was passionate about that. So you could tell that was connected to his purpose. You also see this. You see that Jesus Christ, he did. he, He healed the sick. He took care of those that were disenfranchised. He wanted them to be able to have a voice as well. So you could see that he was passionate about that. That's connected to his purpose. And so it could be the same way for you as well. And so every breath that you get the opportunity to be able to breathe is fully connected to your purpose is fully connected to your purpose. Job 33.4 says, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. So as we, I'm going to wrap up, and I just want to ask this question as we wrap up. Where do you turn to for life? See, when I look at the idea that we can can develop an intimacy with God that is different than any other animal that exists, then part of that really is derived from answering that question, where do I turn to for life? In Job 33, 4, when it talks about, for the Spirit of God, Ruach Elohim has made me. He is the source of my life. And so the question, the reason why we have to find the answer to that question is because it really does boil down to your fulfillment. It really does boil down to who you are. It really does boil down to you living a life of meaning, of significance, of purpose. But most importantly, living a life where you are deeply rooted and connected with God and with who he is. Because that's the thing that he desires most. That's the thing that he desires most. And as you've heard me say in the past, that's the one thing that can't be taken away from you. Everything else that you may turn to to find life can be taken away from you. Your job can be taken away from you. Relationships, we've seen those taken away from us. Money. As great as it is to have, it it can be taken away from us. Fame? Fame may be great for a moment, and fame may be addictive. But man, one statement, one Twitter post, <laughs> one Facebook comment that comes back to haunt you can ruin all the fame that you worked hard to build. And if your identity and who you are is connected to that, if that's what you're turning to for life, what happens then? Who do you turn to then? So I I love that. For the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of God, the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So maybe one of the things that you could do is just make this your prayer. God, I've tried to find life everywhere else but in you. And I realize now that I've come to the conclusion and and I realize that because there's a part of you that's always realized that there's a part of you that has been in a position where the thing that you turned to to bring you life was threatened. I think that that's one of the reasons why we see so much frustration with COVID-19. I saw a TikTok today of a little girl and she was frustrated and she was crying. She must have been maybe seven or eight years old and she was crying and she was talking about how everything is shut down because of the coronavirus. Everything is shut down because of the coronavirus. And I can't go to McDonald's because McDonald's is shut down because of the coronavirus. And you hear her dad in the background and her dad says, No, no, no. McDonald's is open. So you can still go to the car. And she goes, No, it's not. It's not open. He goes, No, it's it is open. You can still go to McDonald's so you can get your food. She said, but but even then I have to sit in the car and and I can't go play in the playground area at McDonald's. And so we have to actually sit in the car and wait for our food. And that's boring. And she starts to cry even more. (laughs) But again, one of the things that's happened with coronavirus is it has really challenged us to ask ourselves, where do we find life? Because the things that we tried to find life in, some of those things have been very, some of those very things have been threatened. Some of those very things have been taken away from us some of those very things we've lost. Where do you find your life now? And here's the unfortunate thing that I've been reading too, is I've been reading that as the cases of COVID-19 increase, as the shutdowns become more intense, that they've also had more people committing suicide. And I think the reason why at least one of the reasons why I don't want to oversimplify. it So please, because I'm not an MD in any stretch of the imagination. I mean, there's there's no there's no way you can measure the psychological, emotional impact that some of these things are doing to us. And I think that's why we also need to work on being patient with each other. Can we do that? Can we be patient with each other? Isn't that what's really needed right now? A little bit of patience can go a long way. Because you just don't know. You don't know what someone else has lost. You don't know what someone else has lost. So as we're facing this, let's remember that he is Ruach Elohim, the spirit of life. He is our creator. And in being a creator, he gives his life. So let's turn to him for it. Let's turn to him for it. It's more than reading your Bible. It's more than prayer. It's reaching a place where you have a deep, intimate relationship with him. Where he's your best friend. He's the one that you hang out with. So as I've encouraged you last week, when we talked about Te when we talked about prayer, hang out with God. I know it may feel awkward as I'll get out. But it's just something we learn and it's something that you can learn. So as you read your Bible, look at it as I'm not doing this religious practice. God, I'm hanging out with you. So speak to me today as you're watching the live stream church service, God, speak to me today. Hang out with your best friend. Talk about life. Delve into your struggles. Just express them to him. Because as I said before, he knows what you need even before you do. Even before you do. So again, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. I just want to encourage you to rate us. And as I said before, and I really do mean this, if you would not give us a five, please tell me why. Because I would love to continue to increase the quality of this podcast and what it is that we do. Because I, I you know, it, it's so important, because I think one of the things that people are really looking for today is hope. And I really want this podcast to be something that brings us hope. And so if this podcast does that for you, then give us a five. And if it doesn't, tell me why. Because I want to continue to grow and become better at this. I, am, I, I know that I am not an expert in any way, form, or fashion. I am so learning all of this on the cuff. Or is it off the cuff? Well, I'm just learning it. <laughs> so I would just invite you just to please share that with me. And again, I just wanted to let you know that August 30th, we're starting up a brand new series called Politics and Religion. And and so if you have become disenchanted with Christianity and the way that you see Christians are, at least the way that they're behaving right now, and you just want to see, is, is there a way that we could do this differently? Is there a way that we could do this politicking thing differently and handle it differently? And I believe that there is then I would invite you to join us for that. We'll have a live stream then. And I'm looking at possibly starting Facebook discussion groups where we kind of maybe dig into it a little bit more afterwards. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing my head on that. I'm not sure because I also don't want to create a place where it becomes a chat room of arguments. Because, <laughs> you know, if you've been watching Facebook, you, you know what that is like. So I, I don't want to have that happen. But I wouldn't love to have people be able to have a place to communicate and chit-chat and talk and grow and everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing things around. If you think that that's a good idea, let me know. And if there are parameters that you think would help, let me know. And then this coming Sunday, we're actually going to be looking at peace. What is peace? And actually, you'll find out it's, it's deeper than what we think it is. It's more than just the absence of conflict. It's more than that. So we'll be kicking that off on the live stream this Sunday, and we'll be talking about it next week in the podcast as well. Okay, remember, encounters about three things. Love up, and here's a question. What can you do this week to grow closer in your relationship with God? What's one step that you could take, starting right now, to grow closer in your your relationship with him? So love up, love out. What is one thing you can do this week to show love to your fellow man? To just be more loving this week than you were last week. What's one thing? Who is that one person that you can show love to? And love in. Take care of yourself. What's one way that you can grow? Maybe grow physically. Maybe exercise. Maybe change your eating habits. What's one way that you can grow? Maybe start to read a book. What's one way that that you can grow? Develop your gifts and talents. Find your purpose. What's one way that you can grow? Love up. Love out. Love in. Well, take care, God bless you, and we'll see you once again next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services, as well as the events that are happening at church, and you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue To make a difference in our community then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there well take care god bless you and we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week